0: Today on The Freedom Cast, author Harold Ziegler discusses his new book, Freedom's Nightmare, how he escaped communist oppression to come to America, and why some of the threats to our liberties remind him of his life behind the Iron Curtain. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the March 25th, 2014 edition of The Freedom Cast. Joining us now on the Freedom Cast, author of *Freedom's Nightmare*, which you can pick up today on Amazon.com. Harold Zieger is here. Harold, thanks so much for joining us. Hello, and thanks for having me on. Let's talk about your story, and it is a fascinating one. Your your background. Uh, you actually grew up behind the Iron Curtain. Something that, uh, as a child of the '80s, I saw fall down. Um, tell us your story and how you came to the us because it's it's a real fascinating and, and inspiring story
1: yeah I was um, I was born actually in in West Germany and for certain reasons uh, we don't have the time to talk about here but it's de- 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 described in my book my mother with us we were three children at that time moved in the opposite direction of millions of our Germans from west to east at this time 1956 millions of Germans moved from East Germany uh, fleeing that uh, newly growing oppressive regime you know just 11 years after the national socialist dictatorship was crushed down under the mighty force of the American and the allies forces uh, a new dictatorship was established, this time a real socialist the state dictatorship under the uh, umbrella of the Russian support with military and people was fleeing. Uh, there was only one hole open, that was Berlin. Berlin was separated into, into four sectors as Germany was and uh, from the east sector into the American sector there was still the door open, so people were fleeing. We were moving in the opposite direction. With that, when the uh, Iron Curtain finally closed with uh, building the Berlin Wall in 1961. Uh, we were we were jailed, as I call it, usually. East Germany was a large prison. And uh, I compare that with a prison because if you are not allowed to, to live where you want to live, if you are not allowed to raise your kids as you want to raise them, if you are not allowed to learn the profession you want to go, the trade or whatever, if you're not allowed to study what you want to study, and if you get told when to do what to do, that sounds like a prison, right? And in addition, that whole area is encircled by a 15-feet-high he- fence loaded with spring-loaded guns with minefields in between and bloodhounds to keep the people from getting out sounds like a prison. So that was where I have been raised. Raised under a totally centralized control of the party in power, the Communist Party of East Germany. And uh, completely organized. As you know, Germans are very perfect in organizing the life of others. As you could see in the National Socialistic Dictatorship, and the same with the communist dictatorship afterwards. The uh, educational system was centralized, healthcare was centralized, and I would like to focus on these two issues um, in comparing that with the situation we have today. Now, the Stasi was actually installed by the Communist Party under the training and education of the KGB to make that, as they called themselves, the shield and sword of the Communist Party. And uh, they had totally control of the life of the people. They had nearly 96,000 official employees and about 360,000 inofficial employees, so-called informants. The informants would infiltrate every single part of your life. Your relatives would spy for them, your colleagues, your classmate at school, your classmate at the university, everywhere. We usually said if three people standing together, one of them is reporting to the Stasi. Not even the Russian KGB had that ratio of infiltration as the Stasi had. The Stasi ratio was 186 to 1. to the the East German publication, the Russian KGB ratio was 1 in 588. That was the difference, and that made all the difference.
0: Wow. Um, Talk about how you came to to immigrate here to America, because you were able to uh, get out of that uh, oppressive regime. How did that happen?
1: I discovered that because of the laws which are in in Europe, uh, mainly all of the states in Europe have that law, that your father's citizenship determines the citizenship of the children. Now, the progressives, communists, whatever you call them, have changed that in the meantime so that also the women's or mother's citizenship can determine your citizenship as as a child. But at this time, it was just father's citizenship. I discovered that my father was originally an Austrian citizen. And even the East German law, the citizenship law of East Germany, defined and determined definitely that that is the way citizenship would be done. Only if you would apply voluntarily for the East German citizenship, if you were not born in East Germany, then you would have the East German citizenship uh, kind of a naturalization process uh, as you have that here in the States. Now, when I discovered that, I went into the Austrian embassy in in East Berlin and asked the people to find my father, which I didn't know, my biological father, but I didn't know at this time where he lived, but i had some suspicions that he was in austria so this guy there said uh, if your father was an austrian when you were born then you are an austrian citizen too i said i don't know and they said let's find out and that was a process which started and was about running for four years you know the austrians invented bureaucracy most people don't know that <laughs> Now, uh, during that time, a lot of things happened. We don't have the time to talk about that here. It's all in my book. Uh, Stasi was uh, starting to monitor me completely, 24-7. Surveillance was set on my head and all this stuff. But anyway, I was continuously contacting the Austin embassy. And one day we decided, my wife and I we decided to take our kids and go there and ask again how far is the process developed to determine if i'm an officer or not on that day when we moved to the embassy towards the embassy we run into Stasi of officers patrolling that street where the embassy was we could barely outrun them to uh, hit the door of the embassy and uh with with that we we actually or i actually got told that I'm an Austrian citizen because only of that, they opened the door. Otherwise we would have been caught by the Stasi and put in, in, in jail. Because if you tried at this time, if you try to leave East Germany, uh, without the allowance of the communist party, you would end up for seven years in jail, seven was the minimum seven to 12 years. And your children would be taken away and would put under foster care for, um, giving them to adoption to communist, loyal parents. There are still, I think, about a 1,000 children or 1,000 parents who don't know where their children are today because there was never made any paper notes, any trail. Nobody really knew where the children came from. Those communist parents uh, adopted, and nobody knows uh, who got them. So... We had that risk. We went in and got told that I'm an Austrian citizen. Now, with that, I got the Austrian passport, but it wasn't worth anything because there was no visa in Without a visa, you are not legally allowed in East Germany to own or hold a foreign passport. That would be another reason for jailing for 12, 15 years. So I started to apply for leaving the country which was another two and a half years fight with the Stasi until two, 1985 when we got the allowance to get out of this prison. We immediately actually fought to move to the United States, but um, I tried to be a responsible parent and we did not spoke any word English. Oh, that's not right. I knew yes and no. <laughs> um, we were perfect in Russian because that was the international language of the future according to the uh, revolution of the liberty of the workers' class. So we had no English. Um, My children were just joining schools, just started elementary school, and I did not want them or me being allowed to the American people. That was the reason why we decided not to move immediately to the United States, although that was my dream since many, many years. Uh, Finally, in 2005, I founded a company together with a friend here in the United States. Applied for a business investors visa, and uh, moved over, uh, running my my company, pretty successful, uh, till 2009, when the industry tanked and uh, I had to let go all my employees. I had seven employees at this time. So, that that is the the short version of how I came over here
0: you have this incredible story you came as you mentioned from a society that uh heavily monitored what you did and really uh, oppressed uh freedoms uh, for its people what parallels do you see I- here in the us now um as we have seen over the last 10 years we've seen the development of the tsa we have seen uh, revelations about this NSA spying ring. Um, we have seen all these th- this news about these uh, efforts um, in one sense or another to re- repress a speech that does not agree with the administration. Uh, is is that how you see it? Do you see this uh, this country moving to to something uh, along those lines?
1: Okay, we are already there. We are already there there is not there's not far to look anymore. And just take the nSA. See, the Stasi filtered me out of seventeen million people based on a message from a um informant in West Germany who was a pastor and had visited the year before our church. And he reported to the Stasi. I don't know why he needed a year to get his report through, maybe because the case officer didn't met him so many times or only once in a while. I don't know. That report came to the Stasi surveillance troops in, in East Germany, telling them that a guy who had made his master's for electronics at the university in Berlin, at this time he lived at a certain dormitory in Berlin, he had he is married he has two children he drives a certain car and he works at a navy base where he will try to uh, capture one of their vessels to illegally leave the country that was his message based on those facts which were very very weak the stasi was possible was able to put put me out of 17 million people and put me under a 24-7 surveillance for over two and a half year, years, producing uh, 6,000 pages of paper in reports and uh, all kind of stuff. That was 1982 to 1985. There were no cell phones. There were barely any phones in East Germany. The uh, uh, telephone system in East Germany was based on... A, before the Second World War, I would say. Uh, There were no Internet. There was no email. There was nothing like that where you could use electronic surveillance technology to find out who is this guy. All was made on paper and and, and, and on foot, on legs. Now, transfer that to the NSA today where they are able to virtually know everything about you. I mean, they are actually able now to see where I'm walking around here talking to you. They know exactly where I am, to whom I talk, what I'm talking about. They know exactly what I did yesterday, to whom I talked yesterday, with, with whom I have a relationship. It's not about that you talked on the phone uh, to, your, to your sister about the horrible uh, mashed potatoes last week at grandma's dinner. It's not about that. It's about putting a pattern together, who you are, in what kind of relationships you are active, uh, in political, in cultural, in any kind of way they think you might become one day a danger to those who are in power. That's the reason. They want to put you in a certain box. Those boxes have names on them. Fundamental Christian, Fundamental Patriot, Fundamentally Constitutionalist, all this stuff, maybe some boxes have several of those names on. And whenever necessary, they will take those boxes out and they will empty it. And you know what I mean with that? Empty the box. Get rid of you in one way or the other. That is what communists did. That is what the National Socialists did. That is exactly why that surveillance program is into place and it has nothing to do with democrats or republicans it has nothing to do with obama or bush or whatever these are the elitist power who wanted to know how and whom they have to eliminate in case of a of a situation they have to control that was in east germany the case that was in russia the case and that is the case today here now get to common Core common core is the basic element to get your children in a way brainwashed and indoctrinated that they don't see you as a parent anymore as a respectable person for anything that is going on in the world that is how i have been raised that is where the government takes totally control about the common generations. And when they have done that, when the common generation is up and is running this country, there is no resistance anymore to a total power grab. Go over to healthcare. What will you do when universal healthcare is into place and you go with your children which suddenly get, let's say, um, a horrible sickness, catching a virus or what. You go to the emergency room. The doctor looks at your file and says, I'm sorry, but Jake, you have had several meetings with a group of people who are not willing to accept the power of the current regime here, so we cannot treat your children. The only way that we can treat your children so that they not die would be that you publicly um, swear absence of that behavior you have had in the last 15 months or so. That is dangerous when the government or the elite or whatever you call that, it is always the same. It's evil-infested minds believing that they have the right because they are the knows. They know what to do to survive or to serve this planet because they have no other mindset as that this planet exists by chance happened trillions of years ago and that life came out of a mudslide billions of years ago and has no value at all. That's the point.
0: We've seen this administration use the IRS as, as almost like a weapon uh, to go yeah. after uh, people who do not agree with them and, and challenge them. Is, is that something that uh, mimics your Experience growing up. How do you feel about that?
1: <laughs> I'm hundred percent sure that maybe not not uh, the president. He is too busy uh, uh, riding bicycles and uh, and uh, hitting golf balls. But Valerie Jarrett, for example, that she said to Louis Lorna, "Listen, girl, you are in charge. I want you to do all, to do everything." What you can, and I don't care if it is legal or not, to stop this this horrible Tea Party 912 movement. I want you to stop it, and I don't care how you do it. Stop it. We have to make sure that Barack is re-elected next time, because what they saw in 2010 coming up scared them to death. It scared those people in power. It scared them because they knew when people rise up. When people get their guts together and say, "Not anymore," you crossed the red line, and here we are. Try, try it. We will come after you. They know if the people get all together, they are powerless. They know that. So yeah, they use the IRS. It's the easiest way from steering people away from giving money to the good cause.
0: You uh, something else we have seen recently from this administration is, is a uh, sort of a a tamping down of freedom of the press in some sense. They are restricting a lot of access to the administration. They are uh, apparently pre-clearing questions if some of these reports are to be believed. Do you, do you think that uh, there is a threat going forward to see a uh, less Free society and in, in the, sort of the the freedom of speech realm.
1: Yes, yes, for sure. See, I have an I have a chapter in my book which which I call the uh, the East German version of the First Amendment or scissors in the head, and that is exactly what they are looking for. Um, East Germany controlled the media in a way which was set up from the beginning after the Russian system uh, and the uh, the KGB. Um, there was only one university. Now you have to understand East Germany had probably the size of uh, Ohio, I would say, a little bit, little bit larger than Ohio. So 17 million people. There was only one university where journalists would be educated. To uh, be able to get a place on that university, you had to be a absolutely devout, communist-oriented uh, student during your whole school time, um, elementary up to high school and graduation from high school. You had to have at least two mentors who would wrote a preferable letter for you that you would be a perfectly a uh, perfect tool to um, promote the cause of the communist system in the world, then you might have been able to study journalistic. And with that, they made sure that there are no school minds even were able to enter the university and get that education. Secondly, all of the um, um, journalists were permanently monitored by the Stasi you had a Stasi group in every single redact uh, uh, um, in every single uh, news media room, and uh, that was when that came out that uh, the Obama administration wanted to send somebody from the, uh, what was FCC or um, I don't remember the name of that uh, um, alphabetic soup group agency there uh, into the media uh, into the media newsrooms to control how they decide what is news and what not that scared me immediately because that, that's exactly what the East German Stasi did in the Communists to control what is what is transmitted to the people and what not hundred percent it's the same system
0: do you see let's let's go out on this do you see a a way to uh, turn this country around as you said it was a dream of yours. To come to this country to to escape uh, the the oppression of the communist system, is there a way? Do you believe there is a way to turn this ship around? Now, first,
1: um, let me let me explain why I thought this country is and um, was and still is um, for us behind the Iron Curtain. After I turned from a card carrying member of the communist party into a believing Christian. Um, America was really that shiny light over the horizon or, let's say, behind the barbed wire fences. When I came over here, I soon realized that most of that, what I saw, determines your freedom and your liberty over here was gone. And... um, I, I, I started to speak out. I spoke on so, several uh, Tea Party uh, events. Uh, the largest was on the Voice of America in 2009 with 20,000 people there. And uh, I started to become very active in, in uh, the Cincinnati area here. I uh, was a co- co-founder and uh, core member of the Cincinnati Tea Party leadership and uh, developed some strategies. The The... the The chance to turn this country around is based on two things, in my opinion. First of all, we have to stop to elect immoral leaders. Immoral leaders are that what caused the problem. It doesn't matter fiscal responsibility. It doesn't matter if he talks about limited government. It doesn't matter if he or she talks about uh, free markets when those which we elect are not moral integrity, they will switch. They will most likely immediately or soon after assume their own agenda. And that is the problem that we have currently with Congress in Washington. The, The largest part of that, I would say the vast majority has somehow more or less a black, black uh, stain in its history, which is for sure known to the NSA. And with that, known to the party in power, to the, to the elite in power. And whenever they try to stand up for what they promised their constituents, they will be blackmailed or pushed down and said, hey, if you don't want that, that goes out. Stay down, keep quiet, and vote as you have to vote. So, in my opinion, that is the most important part, and that's the reason why I put that strategy out to to create small local groups which will watch uh, what is going on on a local level, which will go and become precinct captains, which will go in school boards, uh, commissioners. In all these functions which we have neglected for so many years so that those who are corrupt can send their corrupt cronies up to Washington, D.C. That is necessary, and if we don't get our moral integrity together, you can have fiscal responsible people as much as you want in office. It will not work.
0: Harold Zieger, author of Freedom's Nightmare, which again you can get on Amazon today. Harold, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much.